everybody, and welcome back to The War Room, which is the interview series as part of our podcast, The Clone Star Pod. I am your host, Sean Ferrick, and joining me is an animation god. You've seen his work in Solar Opposites, you've seen his work in Castlevania, and maybe one or two of you might have seen that that Star Trek show about the ones that fly on the Cerritos. You might have heard of Star Trek Lower Decks. Robbie Cook, thank you so much for joining me. How are you, sir? Hi there. Thank you for having me. I'm doing great. How are you? I am very, very good. Thank you very much. And I'm really excited to talk to you because, Robbie, I know bugger all about animation. So I'm going to learn today, I tell you. Learn! I'm here to help you learn. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We were just talking, just before we started recording, we were just uh, talking about what's um, happening. So a very happy Labor Day weekend to you. Yes, thank you so much. Good that you long weekend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I hope that you have been enjoying long weekend as everyone does. But, you know, like, is this a fire? No, this isn't really a fireworks weekend. That's more like 4th of July, isn't it? That's definitely more 4th of July. I would not put it past some of the uh, people here to shoot off fireworks, though. Um, you know, we're we're also in a weird time where, like, you know, because I live in like Burbank, you know, there's fireworks going off because of uh, Universal Studios. Like they always have fireworks going off almost every night because of like the Wizarding World of Harry Potter and whatnot. Um, but also there's from people, there's sort of a low tolerance of fireworks now because of how they affect like animals. So, you know, like I I wouldn't put it past them to shoot fireworks off. Um, but at the same time, like hopefully they won't. So <laughs> it's, it's a weird thing. I, I'm actually like... Don't get me wrong. Look, I've enjoyed a few fireworks displays. I don't know why we're talking about fireworks, but anyway, listen, this is my fault. I brought this up. Um, I've enjoyed a few fireworks displays, but yeah, on behalf of pet owners everywhere, let's just stop with the fireworks, really. Mm -hmm. Um, That would would be best. But um, unless you have a side business in fireworks that uh, you are now taking this glorious opportunity to tell people about, um, I know it wouldn't exactly be your main area of work. <laughs> no, definitely not fireworks, but you know, that's not a bad idea though. I mean, that would make a killing here in the states. So, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, you'd retire overnight. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, of course. So, um, I suppose in a really, this is like the most general question you probably get asked all the time. Is kind of like, how do you go from I like to doodle to working on one of the biggest franchises currently existing? Um, you know, I. I almost kind of accidental, I guess, you know, like I, I grew up loving to draw. My dad was in uh, video games when I was growing up. And so, and, and he was just also an artist and like, I loved watching him draw and that inspired me to draw. And I went to school uh, to college initially for uh, graphic design. Cause I was thinking I wanted to make some kind of a career in art. And I thought graphic design would be the, you know, best segue and then um i decided i didn't really like doing logos or dealing with fonts and whatnot and i also just was really terrible at it so i got into animation you know i'd always loved cartoons growing up and whatnot and um you know and i at first i didn't think i would have the patience for it because you know you're redrawing things over and over um but you know Going into animation now, I think was very different because, you know, you're working on the computer a lot. There's a lot of kind of shortcuts and things to help streamline the process and whatnot. And so that was for me, I was like, oh, okay, I can, I can do this, you know, like just the computers are godsend. It's like, you know, it's like our thing I can't, can't live with and thing I can't live without. Um, But I was initially um, 
you know, doing animation in Texas. And then I moved to California in 2018, um, where I started working at Titmouse, the company that does uh, Lower Decks. And I was working on a show um, for one season. And then I um, uh, was talking to a friend of mine who I worked with at Powerhouse in Texas. Uh, his name is Brad Winters. He's uh, one of like the executive producers of the show now. Really great guy. And I, I saw him at the building one day and I was like, hey, what are you doing here? He's like, uh, nothing. Because like <laughs> season one was like a super top secret thing. Like he, like nobody was allowed to talk about it, not even within the studio. So, um, and then I heard that they were hiring for character designers and I just, you know, I just tried to throw my hat in the ring and uh, luckily they liked what I was able to do. And I've been on the show since, uh, since season one. So we're going into our fifth season now and it's just been a lot of fun. So I really enjoy it. That is, that is fantastic. And also, uh, just delighted to hear the words fifth season. That makes me very, very happy. Um, we are like, I mean, Lower Decks, I think just came at exactly the right time for, you know, for, for, for it to arrive and has just like with the, with the one exception. So there's, I I haven't had the opportunity to do this before. So I do a, a review show on, uh, on YouTube where each week we go through it all. And one of the sections is we go through the Easter eggs and honest to God, Lower Decks has almost broke me. Yeah. Yeah. There's, I follow someone on Twitter um, who really does break down a lot of those Easter eggs. Cause sometimes even I don't see them all because, you know, I, I sometimes get stuck in my own little bubble of the character design and prop world where like, I know the Easter eggs that are going on there, but then there's like the background artists, there's, you know, the storyboard artists and like, they're always sneaking in these little things. And it's just like, wow. Like, you know, you would have to watch it kind of like five times to like really get all of them, which I do encourage. Cause like, you know, like get, get those views up, you know, for lower decks. So it's always good. <laughs> Uh, oh yeah like, like like totally i'm right there with you it's like you know oh no someone had to watch something twice oh darn <laughs> <laughs> um but like that is so so i'm i also want to bring attention really quickly to uh i'm sitting here with your website open in front of me and i love the both the next generation and own uh, original series i was just looking at your animations there for the cruise like <laughs> they're just fantastic and even just like a, like a scroll through your instagram is just like oh you got talent Oh, well, I thank like you. It. Your stuff is <laughs> means a lot. Thank you. It means a lot to me. Thank you. Um, I had a happy little excited moment as well because as I was going down through Instagram, I saw you had done a portrait of uh, James A. Janice and Chelsea Rebecca, and I've loved dead uh, dead meat for ages. Sorry, so she's like, ah, oh, cool, a fellow fan. I love the dead meat show and the dead meat podcast. It's kind of one of those things that I had. I think I had started watching them, I think in like 2018 or something. But then when the pandemic happened, like they really did, like the, their shows kind of helped me get through that. You know, it was just, it was so comforting. And yeah, like I love, you know, they introduced me to movies and whatnot that like I really just was not aware of. And like, I love those type of, uh, you know, shows and podcasts where they introduce you to something that you really have not heard of and kind of widen your, you know, you know, knowledge of these things um plus like uh i think moving out to california as well we have universal studios hollywood out here and they have halloween horror nights every year and so yeah. that really kind of got me more into more of the horror stuff and so naturally they were doing horror coverage as well so but yeah i i'm a big fan of their show um also just really nice people like you know just hearing them on the podcasts and whatnot so 
that's uh, that that that's really cool because you're right like you know kind of you can you can see the you know it, it like you can see when a creator's uh inner self is just so on show mm. um so this is my interesting segue to go how much of yourself is in all of your art and which character design should we be looking at to be like that's robbie <laughs> um so like i feel like my personal art style is very um colorful and uh i, I use like a lot of bright colors and sparkles um uh i think it just is a tendency of mine as a gay man to go towards that stuff so um i really like that i love drawing like princesses you know drag queens um like it's it's really kind of whatever i'm feeling in the moment and i really wish that i had like a somewhat consistent art style but i don't it's just kind of whatever i'm feeling in the moment um and i will say there's an episode in season four that does have a lot of like characters that i really um really really uh liked drawing and <laughs> I, I wish I could give you more information about it, um, um, but you'll, you'll just have to watch. Um, it's a good episode. Season four just is a, it's so good. I can't wait for you guys to see it. Um, trying to think if there's a character. I mean, I do have a cameo character in season two. Um, it's season two, episode five. It's the uh, the Admiral's Ball. Like if oh, you yeah. go th- if you go through that um, scene, there's a caricature of me in there. Um, I forget what my rank is. I think I'm like. Uh, maybe command uh uh yeah commander at that point or something but pretty much everybody within the ball with the exception of like a few people because some people were actually from like you know this call out from the show or something Mm. but most a lot of them are crew members (laughs) which is kind of funny like uh uh, one of the character designers is in it a few of them are in it actually one of the production assistants is in it one of the executives is in it um so it was that was really funny to kind of populate that scene with just like hidden people in it um so yeah <laughs> that's so cool so i got so not only are you creating trek you're in trek as well yeah. like that is pretty cool <laughs> i'm like canon now you know um I, I do i do think too um you know sort of the canonness of the show because like season one um it it, it, it took a little bit to get it its feet on the ground and like i feel like the fans didn't receive it as well once season two hit though they were like oh my god i love this and like you know having legacy characters come back and reprise roles in it it's just really cool and so it, it does sort of make it feel like a real you know part of the star trek universe which is just really really cool like it's got that sort of validation you know from <laughs> from the fans like oh yeah this is canon so I mean, like, absolutely. And I think that is completely, uh, you know, I, I, words fail me. Anyway, a great example of that is is having the crossover. I mean, mm-hmm. what when that idea was floated around, like, was everyone just kind of going, ah, yes, yeah, that, that'll never happen. That That's not going to happen. And then suddenly we're like, this this is happening. Oh, my God. What's that <laughs> like on the ground? Are you like, oh, my God, give us back our characters, Strange New Worlds, get your own. <laughs> honestly i it was almost sort of the opposite i was kind of like oh my god yes please like bring in boimler bring in mariner like jack white and tawny newsom are just phenomenal actors and when they uh you know donned the uniforms to be their live action sonas like it was just 
like seeing them come to life like it was really cool like you do see them come to life already through the animation but like to see them live action to see jack quaid do the walk that boimler did in season one where he's like quickly walking away to see tawny's you know you know sort of referencing mariner's mannerisms like it was just so like cool to see and something that i was not sure that we were gonna see so uh i was really glad that we had that now of course i'm like can we get a live action version of tendy and rutherford you know because i i love them too so and actually i mean so like looking at the character designs it i mean maybe sorry this has been answered a hundred million times but it does look like the characters were designed after the actors like um i think those those were almost kind of coincidental i don't know that they were necessarily designed after them um but uh the the character designs initially were like they had sort of a lineup and a description of what they were wanting with the you know the characters and you had like several artists submitting um designs this was even before i started submitting like show look show styles and whatnot and they ended up kind of going with a style um that was sort of set by uh, one of the animation directors in vancouver uh his name is alex and he really kind of started what we sort of know now as the look for the lower decks characters this sort of like cartoony sort of wide-eyed um characters that just look really cute so um but yeah that's kind of how they kind of came into creation um yeah i don't i don't know that they necessarily based their looks off of some of the the actors like but yeah i, I mean you could definitely kind of see like boimler and jack quaid a little bit like i can definitely see that i mean maybe maybe don lewis and captain carol freeman you know i could definitely see them you know referencing her but like um dr tana i mean she's a cat so. <laughs> sorry <laughs> yeah i mean like completely based i mean uh it's just, the image of her it's like mm-hmm. uh you know a cartoon version of a like a photograph um but no no that is it, it's just and just to, to mention as well, like the actual style it's quite um because we've we've seen now like legacy characters appearing in this style as well and you know i i, I don't feel like it's any less real for want of a much better term there but like you see Riker and Troy turning up um you know I was just recently rewatching season three so Zephram Cochran and everything and it's like yep this is just another episode of the show long gone as any kind of question of where will this fit in in terms of kind of like no no this is 23 early 2380s it's just animated as opposed to live action Mm -hmm. I, I really do love that too just like getting to take the legacy characters like cork was was a fun, that was one character i got to design uh, i thought he was oh, brilliant. a lot of fun uh and a little uh, i think when he recorded his lines he actually did it with his teeth as cork you know uh to do the lines to like actually give like you know the cork you know to make him sound as authentic as possible which i was like that's that's so cool that's like really getting into the character um cork was fun that coat though oh my goodness because you know he has this elaborate coat and and, you know to try to come up with a design that's like you know colorful and loud enough but also to a point where animation isn't going to kill you because you you did this ridiculous design you know like that that, that's always sort of a fine line to to sort of walk when you're when you're coming up with these 
I and then so like would that would that be like the biggest challenge if you like for character design and carrying it through just like when you have something of course coat is a great example actually yeah with the, all these colors going on but would that be like the biggest design or would it be um say things like facial expression things like that yeah i mean uh you know when we're doing some of the designs and you will get like a character like for example like the kardashian the kardashians sorry Kard- i'm keep, with you don't keep, worry keep, keep, <laughs> keeping up with the kardashians you know um when we did those designs for season two the, they were pretty detailed and you know like the the neck and the armor and whatnot and like the the, fa- the facial details we had to try to find a way to sort of simplify that because like i do think that with some one of the show styles i think is almost like the simpler the better with mm-hmm. some of the expressions so like we try to get rid of as many like facial lines that you might see um just to try to you know really convey the expression um i think there's only like a few times that when when you get like really close up to the characters that they show like the lines and whatnot like uh ransom turning into the god and like his head <laughs> is huge like you know they definitely you know added some extra lines in there for him um but yeah the, the, there is some trouble sometimes when like you'll get like a you know uh one of the aliens and try to convey that in a way that it's not looking too you know too, too mess too too busy for animation you know because like um sometimes the face like if there's too many like horns or something on there it, it can sometimes look buzzy on screen like where it's just like it's you know, it has a weird like effect so uh we definitely have to try to like think in terms of like you know what's going to look good for the animation as well you know for this design (laughs) of the of the characters that you've designed and worked on on lower decks but also i want to expand and talk about obviously some of your other work as well has there been any that the initial design ended up not being in any way related to what the final design was when it got to screen um not on my end personally i I will say i think the person of the main eight the one who saw like the most change was probably tendy um because i don't think that they initially had her with that sort of cute like cropped haircut with the the other side swoop it was they almost had her almost like she hulk in a few designs where like she had this long wavy green hair and um you know had her a lot more like kind of i mean she's pretty curvy in the show already but like they had a different look for her because she's an orion and whatnot and so i think that they were trying to like sort of steer away from like the overtly sexy orions like that you saw in like you know the original series um and uh but she definitely went through a lot of change um and to to me if they ever come out with an art book on lower decks i really hope that they like show some of that initial progress artwork because like some of it's really cool like you're just like wow could you imagine what that show would have looked like if it was in that style? So, um, yeah, Tendi definitely went, was on a journey um, for her. Um, I'm trying to think if there's someone in the show that did look different. Um, the um, in in season two, episode five, I forget his name, but it's the it's the the guy who multiplies um, oh, and just uh, Dupler. Dupler, thank you. Yes, Dupler went through uh, a lot of uh, transformations initially. Um, he was looking a lot more like a frog or like a toad or like a reptile type of thing. And like, and I do think that there is some of that influence in it, but he looks like completely different from 
what we were initially thinking he was going to go with to what he looks like now. Um, kind of a, a little behind the scenes stuff. Like when we do the show, um, board artists have already started and they are like already working on the stories. And then I come in kind of like as they're in the middle of the show. So like I'll sometimes reference some of their drawings and sometimes their drawings can sometimes become the design. And um, initially they had had like a particular look and style for the dupler. And then we just sort of, uh, he went through the design ringer and just, we went through, a, a, you know, some back and forth on him. And I think we ended up with a really cute design. And, you know, of course the voice actor, um, oh God, what is his name? I know I can never, I, I'm so sorry if he's listening because I can never remember his name. And he, he's in everything. He um, is. And he, he's just a phenomenal voice actor. Um, and um you know, he's just a wonderful, wonderful guy. Um, That's it. I'm just, I'm rapidly Googling. Uh, I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I must get this correct. Um, okay. Okay. God, I love Memory Alpha so much. Sorry, I love this website. It's just perfect. Yeah, no, we reference Memory Alpha a lot for for that. Where is it? Where is it going? Actually, funny enough, for this episode, this was another one that was like, "Oh, are you, are you kidding me?" All those pictures on the wall—that was brilliant. Oh yeah, no, the bar scene. That I love that one. Also, Jennifer Lewis was playing the bartender in that episode, and I love Jennifer Lewis. I'm such a huge fan of her. Like you know, just to have when I heard from the uh, one of the producers that she was recording for the line, I just lost it so it's like um by the way his name is richard kind <laughs> thank you very much thank you <laughs> um yeah richard kind is also is a phenomenal voice actor um and from what uh people i know who are in the record session saying he's just an incredibly sweet person which i think is also really nice to hear when you know some of these people that you really like are, are as nice as they say they are <laughs> precisely yeah like you know kind of oh you know i, I had robbie on the podcast yeah yeah evil Evil man, yeah, he, yeah, uh, yeah. Re re Very evil. Resp response. <laughs> so many fireworks being let off. He looks for the dogs and then just fire. No, <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry. I don't know what my obsession is with fireworks as today. I'm sorry. I, I, I don't know what it is. Uh, if if there's any episode of season five that now has fireworks, I'm gonna be like, this is mine and Robbie's conversation. Um, but yeah, like that, that, that episode particularly is just so much fun. And like for Trek nuts, like, like I so just like, you know, all of those, all those Easter eggs, the museum episode as well, almost just like, at that point I was just, uh, hi, I'm canceling plans for this evening. This one's going to take a while. Um, the person you follow on Twitter, it, it wouldn't be Jorg Hillebrand, is it? Yes. Because he is, just, yes. It, I don't know how he does it. Uh, I don't know either. He he definitely just goes like frame by frame or something and just like finds them. I'm just like, geez, how'd you do that? So um just imagine what we didn't even realize we'd put that in there. <laughs> exactly. I do love whenever like it's it's sort of like my turn, you know, to like uh to like put in a hidden Easter egg and then they 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 find the exact reference that I found. I'm like, yes, you got it. Like, you know, like you know, vindication, you know, <laughs> almost. Uh, of course, which begs the question then, what has been, do you have a favorite or even a collection of favorite Easter eggs that you've managed to sneak in there? Um, I don't know. I mean, I, they're, they're 
honestly, there've been more that haven't made it in that I wish would make it in. Like, um, uh, maybe like an item that like Spock had. Oh, it was the it was one of the visors that he had one of the with like the goggles and whatnot with the sort of that Cyclops red line. Oh yeah, it, yeah. It didn't it didn't make it in unfortunately, and I submitted it as a design for something. I think it was one of the science officers like needing goggles or something. Uh, oh no, it was. It was the episode where Tendi um, uh, was in her lab coat trying to like uh, save Rutherford from his his brain melting. Um, oh yeah, she, she she initially had goggles, and I I did submit a design where she had the Spock goggles, and that one unfortunately didn't make it in. So, um, but that would have been fun. But I also I I did like what we ended up with this sort of like Tendi meets Terminator meets Ellen Ripley from Aliens type of look. So that was fun. <laughs> Well, I, I, I'm sitting here just as shocked to say, hang on, there are Easter eggs that don't make it in. So there's even more Easter mm-hmm. eggs as well on a cutting room floor. And you're just kind of like, oh, my God, how, how do you have any, any room for story? Mm-hmm. You know? And every episode, I mean, like, I, because, I, you know, we, we, we look at it fair. We look at it like, right, listen, you know, is this episode... There doesn't seem to be any episodes like, you know, ah, that's the filler episode. And I realize what a horrible description that is for anything, but like there, <laughs> there, there isn't anything like that. So, mm-hmm. I mean, there must be for every Easter egg that there is, there must be kind of like, ah, come on. All right. We, we have to, we have to rein it in a little bit here. Um, <laughs> you know, it It is a fine line. Cause um, I mean, one of the ways they get a lot of the references in is the characters talk extremely fast. Like you'll be listening to Mariner and she's like, you know, Um, but it is because they do get these references in um, and they're also trying to sort of tell the story of these characters as well. So it it is definitely a fine line. And I do think that the writers um, on the show are just absolutely brilliant. I mean, Mike McMahon has always just said that this is a love letter to the series. And I really do. I like, I constantly say that it is a love letter to the series. Like it's just, you know, it, there's a lot of heart in it. Um, there's so much comedy, like it's, it's a good balance, um, you know, between these sort of like genres of like sci-fi action and like comedy. And also this very like heartfelt story that these, uh, you know, these characters are set or telling. Um, like it, it, and you're right. Like a love letter to the series is the the it is the best description for it. And now, thankfully, with Strange New Worlds as well, I now maybe this is easy for me to say, but I would say it. I don't feel Lower Decks is a show that's struggling in ratings by any means. But I think this is only going to add more again. You know, um, <laughs> or or not, or, or not. I I still have like Nielsen ratings as like the because you know, hello Sean, it's the twenty twenty at this point it's been a while since we've done Nielsen ratings but lots of people are watching it um sorry I'm trying to do my best uh Boimler Mariner and just talking a million miles a, a second here um, <laughs> um, um yeah I haven't really paid attention to the ratings honestly I I honestly have just been sort of looking at the reception to it online like through you know Twitter and or X sorry and like you know, Instagram and all that stuff and it it may not be the best gauge for it, but it, it definitely, you know, makes me feel good about it. But like, yeah, the, the reception to it has just been overwhelmingly warm. I mean, even on Reddit too, um, there's like this subreddit that is a lower decks one. And, you know, they were they were pretty harsh on season one. And I feel like you know, as the seasons have gone on, they've gotten like more on our side. The only thing, the only thing, and I don't know where you, where you stand on this and I can't stand it is when they try to ship 
Mariner and Boimler. I'm just like, no, oh, they're yeah, best, no. they're best friends. Like, you know, uh, it's just like, we're just like, no, we're not shipping them. Like it's, it's, you know, that's, I, I don't, I don't see that happening. Um, I can't say, you know, with all honesty, if that's ever going to happen, but I don't think it's going to happen, but because that was, the, that was one of the things too, with having Boimler and Mariner in Strange New Worlds together. Cause like you had Boimler and I apologize if I'm spoiling this for people you know if they haven't seen the episode yet but you see Boimler at first in the in you know the live action part and he's he's doing great Jack Hoyt is amazing like and whatnot but like there was just something magical about having Boimler and Mariner together like they just they 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 like they belong together like in the sense that like they're best friends and that you know Mariner is the foil foil, foil to Boimler you know <laughs> so I'm totally with you on that one. Like, not every pairing has to be a romantic pairing. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it their the, their relationship as it is works so well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just love the running gag that Boimler is this absolute lady killer, and he doesn't realize it. <laughs> that episode, uh, I think it was the premiere season three, where he's you know doing the raisin farming, and just they're all just like throwing themselves at him. It just that cracked me up so much, you know? So, and he's just like totally oblivious. Just spray your ass, <laughs> spray yourself off with a hose, Leanne. <laughs> God, Leanne, you know how to do this. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, funny, I just watched that one the other night again. That is just, I, I, I love that just again, because, oh, anyway, sorry. I love that. Um, <laughs> so, you know, kind of, Okay, so Star Trek, amazing. I'm ridiculously jealous of you and also massively grateful to you for your work mm-hmm. on Star Trek as well. But of course, you're uh, so like Castlevania, which is incredible. Like the artwork on Castlevania is just absolutely. Um, actually, one thing I was not prepared for just how gory some of that was going to be. Uh, I remember watching, I think it was, I think it was like second <laughs> episode or something. It's like, okay, great, great. Oh, okay, that person doesn't have eyes anymore. <laughs> uh yeah the, i i loved working on castlevania uh sam and adam Dietz, who are the directors on it are just phenomenal artists and directors on it um i was very fortunate to get to work on it as little as i did um when i was in texas um but yeah it was gory and it's it's always kind of funny when you know I have family and whatnot that are like, oh, hey, Robbie, you know, worked on this cartoon and like we should have our kids watch it. And I'm like, no, (laughs) (laughs) you don't want your kids watching it. You could watch it, but don't want want your kids watching it. Um, But yeah, that was honestly Castlevania was really like my first sort of um, uh, dip in the toes into like, you know, series um, work. And uh, because by that point, I had mainly been working on sort of boutique stuff that you know, commercials or like trailers for, for video games, um, things like that, like um, little assets for, you know, games as well. And so to get into the sort of series animation side of it was really, really interesting and just very different, a different world, different beast. Um, But yeah, the Castlevania team just is incredible group of artists and I can't wait to see what they're doing for, um, uh, Castlevania Nocturnes, I think that's what it's called. I, f- I forget the name of it, but I know they've been working their butts off um, for that. And just some of some of the most talented people, you know, um, they really did make like a beautiful piece of art. So, and it is that. And I think, I mean, I I feel like 
we we are now living in a time where people get that it is art like animation mm-hmm. is art it's you know i i would love to say that no one has ever thought cartoon ah sure that's you know not not real whatever like anyway uh and now it's like no 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 it like the, the medium requires just as much if not an awful lot more uh work and dedication from a massively talented group of well everyone really um which is of course not to say live action doesn't um although in a franchise like star trek now you've got so much cgi going on as well that i mean can any of them really be called live action at this point you know um yes by the way before people come for me (laughs) (laughs) you know just so like in your own like your career as an animator have you found that people have become more like you know more appreciative to the work of animation or from your point of view have people always been um i that's a really good question i I do think that there are people that are more appreciative for animation because like you have like these millennials who grew up on you know like ducktales and you know tailspin or you know rugrats and all that so i do think that now that they're adults you know um they really are you know they they're like well i liked cartoons as a kid why can't i like them as an adult so you know i do think there is an appreciation for cartoons for you know for like the older generation it's like you know you don't have to just like them for as a kid which you know i love and you know uh guillermo del toro he you know you know famously said in his uh his oscar speech about pinocchio that this is you know not just for kids it's an art form and you know we should treat it as such um and also that pinocchio movie that he did for netflix was beautiful i mean it's so haunting it's so chilling but i mean he really did push the art for art of animation forward on that just so good so good um see i do i do it could be also the sort of bubble that i live in because i definitely do am surrounded with people that love animation um so from my point of view like i do think there is an appreciation for the animation but even that you know um older people still are like like older people are loving lower decks and like that you know people that grew up on star trek like they're loving the animated form of it and i'm like that's that's so rewarding to hear you know so um yeah does that answer i don't know if that answers your question or not but I, yeah. it, it it does i suppose like the the important thing for me is that like i i love that you as an artist are able to you know get you know this kind of appreciation that this is that you don't have people going oh what are you doing oh you're working on cartoons oh well better look next year you know like (laughs) like, what you do you do still get that but you also do get the like whoa like you know because i mean the world of animation and the world of cartoons is like another world like you're sort of creating these worlds for people to watch so I don't know. I just get in awe whenever I meet someone that's in entertainment or some part of a studio or whatnot. It's just like, that's so cool. So um, like a friend of mine, he was on, he was, he was in the production side of everything everywhere all at once. And I just, I, I fangirl over that because it's just an incredible movie. So, um, so I, for me, I, I fangirl out over, you know, people that are just in the world of entertainment like that. That's cool. I, I love that as well and like you know I, I think that's kind of how I feel like you know kind of like I'm talking to one of the animators and like, this is amazing <laughs> you know? and you're sitting there in Burbank you're like right beside all the studios like you're you're where it is you know like oh I'm jealous but happily <laughs> jealous I'm I'm like oh no this is cool I like this this is cool <laughs> um, so 
Um, Solar Opposites as well, of course. Mm -hmm. Um, That has just been... So I I haven't seen as much of it as I would like, Mm -hmm. full disclosure. Uh, But that first episode was very good. Uh, But no, so like... (laughs) Uh, I, I love this. Is it kind of like a, right, what's Mike McMahon doing now? All right, we're going to go and work with him again. Is it, But honestly, is is there a bit of that? Like, you know, I know when you, uh, I'm going to stop talking. Solar Opposites, what was that like? Um, That one, I've been working on it not as long as Lower Decks. I started sort of working with them in a freelance capacity, uh, I think around season three. Um, and like, I knew of it, but I, I didn't like know like officially of it but i knew that it was another show that mike mcmahon was doing and i watched the the first two seasons of it and i was just like oh my god like you know i i've never i I wasn't sure if i really liked that rick and morty like sort of style and humor but i was just like this is funny like i don't know just like maybe it's just coming from years of working on castlevania where like we had that cartoon gore and then you got like this stuff here i just i loved that but um it's been a lot of fun working on that show um the the team over there's working their their butts off um and uh you know and i will say with solar there is a certain amount of freedom because one of the things with lower decks is you know there is a little bit more research that goes into some of the designs because you want to make sure that like this outfit is correct this person's ranking is correct you know like that kind of thing whereas with solar i mean just it is just wacky but like wacky in like a good way and just you know so you can have like this giant you know you know flying whale in the background that just has like crazy rainbow colors um you know going off and it's just like that's that's fun so that you know there is that like it, it can be a little less stressful to not have to worry about like you know having it fit into this already existing world that's been going on for for decades and decades and decades so um but i love i love solar opposites um and uh that one's also they're working on their fifth season as well it's it's always kind of interesting how you know like the both solar opposites and lower decks the way that they their trajectories have been very similar it's like they came up with a first season lower decks came up with the first season and you know and so on and so on so um I, i've really liked it the, the team over there is in, incredibly talented um uh yeah no i i can't speak more about it i go watch it it's on hulu so <laughs> that is cool um so to to sort of back into the track world for a second obviously uh we're all still as of recording bloody sad over what's happening with prodigy um mm-hmm. I suppose like, as part, as a part of not only the Trek family, but particularly the Trek animation family, um, were you surprised when the news came in? Um, I, I was, yes. I The reception to it had been just overwhelmingly positive, at least from what I could see. And, um, you know, they, they're sort of similar to us where, you know, they're dealing with some legacy characters and... Um, I mean, I I really loved the look of Prodigy too. Just the designs were so lush and um, colorful, and um, of course, it, it did sort of confuse people. Whenever I would say I would, I was working on a cartoon Star Trek series, they would think I was working on Prodigy. So, <laughs> but I'm like, oh, that's that's not the one I'm working on. So, um, yeah, I, I was I was surprised um, and a little shaken by that. That was uh, unfortunate, and I really do kind of hope that you know maybe in the future or something it gets picked up by somebody else um a lot of very talented people working on that crew you know voice actors you know artists and whatnot so um 
yeah, I really do hope that uh, that it finds a new home. Because the other thing too that it's been really sort of disheartening about that too is you know it gets removed from the platform, and you know I I can't speak to you know act you know. I can't speak too, you know, uh, much on it just because I don't know a whole lot of like oh, the reasons yeah, why yeah. that why that happens. But yeah, I just um, I I just like why would you get rid of something that you spent so much money on and you know just get rid of it, you know, so people can't see it. So um, yeah, like it's actually gotten me into this era of like buying DVDs again, like Blu-rays and whatnot, because like it may not be there, so um i'm sure that the you know the the dvd sellers are like yeah come back buy buy our our dvds again who do you think's been pushing the studios to be like maybe if you just removed that from your platform now and you know Mm -hmm. we'll we'll take care of it um like it is in theory i am i've you know you know if i ever had uh, spare money i'd go down the shop and buy dvd and buy blu-rays then when they came out i say that as if i didn't have a dangerous collecting problem like i really it was an issue moving house was a pain in the hoop but um but now that it, it's, I'm kind of getting there again, you know, like at the moment, yes, you can only get Prodigy on Blu-ray. I think the full season Blu-ray is coming in the next few days. Um, mm. But uh, and as of right now, we don't know whether season two will be streaming somewhere, whether it will only be available on hard copy. Um, hopefully mm-hmm. it will be available on hard copy anyway. Um, yeah, but, if you uh, see it, grab it immediately. Just like don't second guess, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, um, like even right now, um, not saying that I don't, I don't want to like sound any alarms, but like I myself actually officially just got my own collection of the lower deck series just, because, just for that reason. But I was also just kind of like, I, I should own like a set of the lower deck series. It's, you know, it's a series I love. It's, it's changed my life. I'm just so grateful to be a part of it. And, um, so I was just like, you know, what? I should own one regardless of, you know, you know, whatever happens to it, you know, I'm, I'm going to at least have, you know, a physical copy of them. So I, 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 I mean, I agree. And also look at you, you buying it is just giving yourself more job security. So I absolutely <laughs> love that as well. <laughs> <laughs> um, We are, we're coming up toward the end, but I'm going to, I'll ask you, um, we have a question we ask all of our guests. Uh, it's actually funny enough because you've kind of already touched on the answer a little bit, but um. I want to just really quickly highlight, uh, love, love, love the image you've done of number one and Ransom. Uh, oh. <laughs> I love that one so much. I, it, I did a couple of them. Are you talking about... Uh, uh, I've seen the one I saw on Instagram there. Uh, I think it's your one of your most recent posts on Instagram. Oh, there. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I was... Um, yeah, I, I did that last year um, when... Uh, we were working on uh the crossover episode um one of the character designers from lower decks uh her name is zan she did the initial look of the characters that you saw at the very end of that episode yeah did did an amazing job and and then i got asked to to help out a little bit with doing some of the turns and i was just like yes please like you know to say that i was a part of that you know that was cool but you know i saw that and i was just you know like wouldn't it be cute because you have jerry o'connell and you have rebecca romaine who are both playing commanders just like you know <laughs> just did a little back-to-back picture of them um and but i wasn't allowed to show anybody <laughs> for a bit oh, of because, course because you know that that episode hadn't premiered and so they were like nope don't don't post that 
but thank you for doing the artwork. <laughs> you know, so, um, but no, I, I appreciate that you liked it. I had a lot of fun. I, I love doing fan art of of the show. Just like, um, just it, it's sort of my love letter to the show, you know, because I am just so grateful for um, what it's given me, and um, I just I love it. So, and I'm glad that people love it as well. Um. I, I, well, I mean, we do. Sorry, I went into a thought process there. Yes, absolutely. I love it. I love the design. I love the <laughs> fact that you're enjoying yourself so much that you're doing fan art on top of it. Like, and that just says to me, it's like, oh, oh, you love what you're doing. <laughs> I, I am very, I'm very lucky to 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 be a part of the show. Like, I'm uh, great crew, great cast, great art. You know, all that. So. Um, and great fans so you know I'm, I'm very appreciative of them so um just keeps keeps us going <laughs> i am absolutely on like i'm already looking forward to having our catch-up as you prepare season 10. <laughs> hopefully I, I would love i would love that yes <laughs> um, but yeah be, be on the lookout for you know season four which is uh, i guess next week at this point now so <laughs> it is when this episode drops we, so for for people listening to this on the day that it drops, enjoy the two episode premiere tomorrow. So yeah, yeah. so yeah, <laughs> yeah. And if this episode doesn't drop on September the sixth, forget what I just said. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, my last question future. for you, oh, yeah, in the future, yeah. <laughs> my last question for you, Robbie, is a question I ask of all of our guests. Um, and before I do, thank you so much for coming on. You are an absolute legend. Um, and I mean, you are in Star Trek, of course, you're a legend. Robbie Cook, what does Star Trek, yeah, what does Star Trek mean to you? Oh, I mean, it means so much more to me now, just because I've I've been a, I've been a part of Lower Decks. But I mean, it's also just meant a lot to me um, growing up because uh, I come from a family of Trekkies who watched, you know, the original series, and I got to watch it on TV Land at the time, and I I loved that. Um, and I also just loved watching the next generation as a kid, cause it would always usually come on after like power Rangers. And so it just, it meant a lot to me because of just the stories it told. Um, I was able to sort of escape into these worlds where, you know, just crazy adventures were happening. And, um, it was just a really good form of escapism for me, you know, growing up as a kid. So I really, I really did like appreciate it for that. I, I love that as well. I, I I just love as well that um you mentioned just Power Rangers there. I just I I have to give a shout out to one of my partners, Mark. Hi Mark. Uh, is slowly or quickly I should say becoming a big Trekkie, but Power Rangers is his thing. Like mm. that's just like it's just so funny that the two of these came together. So like wh where I would be the one I'd have all those Star Trek uniforms or whatever. Like pick a Ranger, he's got you covered. Uh, nice <laughs> <laughs> um, Robbie thank you so so much for having a chat with me thank you so much for everything you're doing on Star Trek and of course all of the other uh, projects as well uh, I will watch more of Solar Opposites I promise I promise um, <laughs> thank you for having me I'm really happy to be here and thank you for for watching the show and uh, doing what you do <laughs> uh, it's, it's like when I say it's our pleasure I mean it's just like we get to talk about Star Trek this is just this is brilliant this is like <laughs> this this is easy where is the best place to find when you know people when they want to reach out and get in touch and see your work where's the best place to find you online yeah um i'm on instagram at uh cartoon underscore cookie um and i'm on uh x formerly 
Twitter at the same location at under cartoon underscore cookie. Um, I post artwork there. Um, and, uh, uh, yeah, it's mainly just artwork and we'll retweet things about lower decks as well. Um, so that's where you can find me and, uh, my website, robbycook.com. If you ever have any questions for me, there's a contact me, uh, thing on there as well. Brilliant. Well, what we'll do is we'll post the links just to all three of those, just in the description of this episode. Uh, and everyone, uh, check out the website. Check out all of them and check out the website. There's some cool stuff there. You know, the, the, the nerds among us are just going to have a great time. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, Robbie, you're a star. And thank you so much. And to everyone who is listening along and watching along, thank you so much. We will be back next week, of course, with another episode of The War Room. I have been Sean. I have been joined by the wonderful Robbie. Everyone have a lovely week and live long and prosper.